0: Three, two, one, zero, zero, and liftoff. This is Nuclear Knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies. Welcome to another exciting episode of Nuclear Knowledge, a weekly show of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies, where we are advancing peace promoting stability, and helping you to think deterrence. I'm your host, Wally Clark, and today's show continues the introduction into the categories of nuclear weapon effects. We'll explore a nuclear weapon's generation of blast, overpressure, and shock. The views expressed here are my own. Let's begin with a review of the nuclear weapon effects acronym, BOSTERD, which stands for BLAST, Overpressure shock, thermal, electromagnetics, radiation, and dust. Today, I'll discuss the BOS portion of the acronym, that is, blast, overpressure, and shock. The discussion builds on Nuclear Knowledge, Episode 17, the second Bostard podcast, when the topic was a nuclear detonation's thermal pulse. It also builds on Dr. Jim Petrosky's Nuclear Knowledge, Episode 9, where he discussed the difference between conventional and nuclear explosions. Today's discussion on blast, overpressure, and shock will also include underpressure. These effects are the partial result of the thermal pulse generated by detonating a nuclear weapon. These effects are quite interconnected. Any explosion, conventional or nuclear, results from the release of a large amount of energy within a limited volume. The sudden liberation of energy causes a considerable increase of temperature and pressure so that all the materials present are converted into hot compressed gases a nuclear weapons detonation's fireball imparts tens of millions of degrees temperature and tens of millions atmosphere pressures to the surrounding air the air then expands rapidly into a pressure or shock wave with a sudden increase in pressure at the front and a gradual decrease behind. The blast wave is a wave front of overpressure, expanding supersonically outward from the explosive core. It has a leading shock front of compressed gases. The blast wave is followed by a blast wind of negative pressure, which sucks air back towards the center. Let's attempt to take the effects in order of their bostered appearance. So first up is blast. The blast wave in air resembles and is accompanied by an incredibly strong wind. It is a dynamic pressure that that accompanies the shock wave. It propagates with a speed of hundreds to even over a thousand miles per hour. That's faster than the speed of sound in air, which is a sedate 767 miles per hour. Thus, the shock wave may arrive before the sound of the explosion. On the Earth's surface, or at low to moderate altitudes above the Earth, much of the damage from a nuclear detonation is caused by the blast wave. Consider that buildings are constructed to withstand the winds expected in their locations. So in areas affected by hurricanes or tornadoes, Buildings should be designed and built to withstand Category 5 hurricane winds approaching 160 miles per hour and F5 tornado winds of 312 miles per hour. But with blast-induced winds exceeding many hundreds to maybe over 1,000 miles per hour, buildings anywhere will be destroyed. Now the second effect, overpressure. For reference, in normal conditions, Earth's atmospheric pressure is 14.7 pounds per square inch. Following any detonation, overpressure resides at the front of the shock wave. The greater the overpressure, which in certain nuclear weapon conditions may reach 20 pounds per square inch, the more likely that a given structure will be damaged by the sudden impact of the wave front. Surface buildings will be damaged when the overpressure exceeds the normal pressure by as little as one-half a pound per square inch. An ordinary two-story wood frame house will collapse in an overpressure of five pounds per square inch. A one-megaton weapon exploded at an altitude of 10,000 feet will generate this overpressure to a radius of four miles encompassing 50 square miles of land. The winds that follow will hurl a standing person against a wall with several times the force of gravity. Within five miles, few people in the open or in ordinary buildings will likely be able to survive. Enormous amounts of masonry, glass, wood, metal, and other debris created by the initial wave will fly at velocities above 100 miles per hour causing further destruction. Above the surface of the earth, any aircraft may be damaged by blast effects when the levels of overpressure are as small as 2 pounds per square inch. At overpressures of 4 to 10 pounds, an aircraft may be damaged beyond repair. Even though not called out in the Bostard acronym, let's discuss underpressure. As the blast wave travels away from the source, The overpressure at the front steadily decreases and the pressure behind the front falls until it drops below one atmosphere to a negative, a refraction, or suction phase when a partial vacuum, usually not below 11 pounds per square inch, is produced and air is sucked in. At the end of the negative phase, which is a bit longer than the positive phase, the pressure returns to normal. Finally, Let's explore the third effect, shock. The shock wave moves supersonically, faster than the speed of sound, and is characterized by an abrupt, almost instantaneous change in pressure, temperature, and density. In air, the shock wave and blast wave are often considered to be near synonymous. An air shock wave is generally called a blast wave because it resembles and is accompanied by the incredibly strong winds discussed moments ago. As the combined shockwave-blast wave wave propagates, air pressure increases from its normal 14.7 pounds per square inch to hundreds or even thousands of pounds. Shock effects are predominantly observed separately from blast effects in a surface or subsurface detonation. Here, the thermal fireball, with its high temperatures and pressures, impact the Earth's surface, so energy is spent to create a crater. Crater dimensions are dependent on detonation yield, detonation altitude, surface, and subsurface conditions. A detonation on or near the surface produces two types of ground shock. The first effect is ground shock, where there will be direct coupling of explosive energy to the ground near the crater and the second is pressure of the air blast wave as it travels over the surface both types of shock are transmitted downward and outward direct ground shock contributes to crater formation and ground fracture damaging underground facilities near ground zero the air pressure is called air slap stresses underground structures beyond the crater in closing, some people may ask me why I created the BOS portion of the Bostard acronym when blast, overpressure, and shock are so interconnected, so related, so conjoined. My answer because the effects are slightly distinguishable and separable, and because Bostard is easier to remember than Beter. Thank you for listening to today's nuclear knowledge show. I hope you learned something new and valuable about deterrence. Nuclear Knowledge is a production of NIDS, a 501c3 organization, dependent upon donations to provide for this broadcast. Every donation helps keep this and many other deterrence-related activities happening and helps to bring about awareness of the peacekeeping value of U.S. strength and our national deterrence. This podcast is produced weekly and each episode is released on Monday. If you enjoy this show... Check out our other podcast, The Nuclear View. You can catch it and all our podcasts at thinkdeterrence.com. I thank our producer, Kimberly Charrington, our sponsors, and all the fantastic members of the National Institute for Deterrence Studies for making this podcast possible. Stay tuned next week for another exciting and informative nuclear knowledge. A production of the National Institute for Deterrent Studies.